Life Audio. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? Or have you been in a season where it feels like He's completely silent? Have you been praying for a way to learn how to hear His voice more clearly? Hey friends, I'm Rachel, host of the Hearing Jesus Podcast. If you are ready to grow in your faith and to confidently step into your identity in Christ, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today, we are moving into Matthew chapter 15. And if you're just joining us, we are doing an introduction to the gospel series where I'm walking through the gospel of Matthew and explaining some of the history and the culture and some of the things that we might miss as modern readers. And the reason why I do that is because one of the things I think we often overlook is the fact that while scripture was written for us, it was not originally written to us. It was written to an ancient people group that would have understood things, especially Matthew's gospel was to a Jewish audience that would have understood things within the Jewish culture that we may not understand. And so part of my heart is really to just unpack some of those things for you so that you can have an understanding of what God's word means and how it reveals his character and his nature. And then that helps us understand how he acts in our lives today. If you would like to dive a little bit deeper, we do have journaling prompts available for every single daily episode. And then I do a kids episode that explains the content in a way that kids can understand. The links for all of that are in the show notes. And so I'm going to be starting in Matthew chapter 15, verse 1, and I'm reading from the NIV today. It says, Then some Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. Jesus replied, And why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, Honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or mother is devoted to God, they are not to honor their father and mother with it. Thus you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. Jesus called to the crowd to him and said, listen and understand. What goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth That is what defiles them. Then the disciples came to him and asked, Did you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? He replied, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them. They are blind guides. If the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. Peter said, Explain the parable to us. Are you still so dull? Jesus asked them. Don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart. And these defile them, for out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person, but eating with unwashed hands does not defile them. So we're going to stop here for today, and I want to just unpack some of the things that Jesus is talking about in this passage. And so initially, we open up this scene, and we're going to be talking about some of these traditions of man versus the command of God. And so initially it says some Pharisees and teachers of the law were coming and questioning Jesus. And they say, why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. 
And so this idea of washing the hands before they eat, let's unpack this a little bit. And in this culture, bodily cleanliness was a very highly sought after value in the ancient world in general, but especially by the Pharisees. And the reason for that was because there was heat and there was dust and, you know, they didn't have the kind of hygiene that we have. And so that was necessary. Being clean was necessary for both health and then also just for feeling good about yourself, for feeling clean. And so within ancient Israel, we read about this throughout the Old and New Testament, a host would provide travelers with water to wash their feet. You know, you've heard about that. And the point of that would be that they would be refreshed and cleansed from their journey and ready for the meal that they're going to get ready to share together. The hands specifically were something that was a concern for cleanliness and something unclean, if it was on the hands, could be transmitted into your own body or to other people because they would often eat with their hands or share things with their hands. And so for that reason, the priests were required to wash their hands and their feet before they offered the ritual service. And so the Pharisees took that a step further. They were talking about ceremonial cleanliness, and they were basically telling the Israelites that even when they were consuming everyday food in their own homes, they were being sacrificing that to God as part of their lifestyle. And so they started emphasizing this idea of cleaning the hands as part of this ritual as they were sacrificing their food to God. And so they would take just a small amount of water. It was about the size of an egg. That's the amount of water. And they would pour that over the hands all the way up to the wrists before they ate. But it was a ceremonial cleansing because in that culture, if you can imagine, you know, your hands being dirty, that small amount of water would not be enough to clean all your hands, the back of your hands, the front of your hands, all the way up to your wrist. That would not be enough. And so essentially, this was not for hygiene reasons anymore. This was now for ceremony, even though it originally started as a hygiene reason. And so they took over this and it was one of their traditions. And so that term tradition comes from this noun that means handed over. And so the tradition of the elders, it became basically this expression that was taught among the Pharisees that became synonymous with the interpretation of scripture. So the Pharisees in this culture, remember, they were the ones that would interpret the scripture and they would tell everybody what to do based on what the scripture said. And so this was one of those areas where they had this tradition, tradition meaning pass on. And so it basically became these rules of Jewish life based in their religion. And so for centuries, they would pass down these rules and it was part of this oral law. And they equated that oral law and their traditions that they have decided upon to basically be the same thing as the written law. And so the primary point of disagreement between Jesus and the Pharisees was that Jesus is not recognizing this oral law that they have now declared as important as the written law. He's not recognizing that. And he's talking about how that's a tradition of elders. That's a tradition of man. That's not the same thing as the tradition of God and the command of God. And so washing the hands before meals was one of those traditions that had no direct basis in Scripture. And so what Jesus is doing is he's answering their question with a question. He says, why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? And so this way of living that the Pharisees had, they are contrasting that to what God has actually said. And Jesus is challenging them on that. And so the example he uses is this idea of honoring the father and mother. He says, for God said, honor your father and mother and anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. 
But you say that if anyone declares what might have been used to help their father or mother is devoted to God, they're not to honor their father or mother with it. Thus, you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. And so he's talking about here is this universally understood concept of honoring the father and mother. And this goes all the way back to the time of Exodus, where it is one of the Ten Commandments to honor the father and mother. And we're going to get into that in a minute. But basically, Part of the honoring of the father and the mother was financial, financial support when the parents were elderly. That was part of this cultural idea of honoring the parents. But what the Pharisees did is they made almost like a loophole where they said, well, if you dedicate your finances to the church or, well, it wasn't the church then, it was to the temple. If you dedicate your finances to us, basically, then you don't have to use that money to honor your parents. You don't have to support your elderly parents if you're supporting us. And so what they have done is they have taken one of the laws of God, which says honor your parents, honor your father and mother, which includes that financial support. And they basically said, well, if you honor us instead, you don't have to do that. So what he's doing is challenging them, saying you're hypocrites. And Isaiah was right in verse eight. He says, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. And so what he's saying is you guys are trying to call me out, but you are the ones that are twisting and manipulating the word of God to meet your own needs. It's this tradition of man versus tradition of God. And then the disciples say, do you know that you're offending them when you say this? And, you know, I understand why they're coming from that perspective, because in that culture, all the way up until Jesus came on the scene, the Pharisees were the most influential group in Israel, and they were known as the interpreters of Scripture, the authoritative voice on Scripture, and they were known to be the most righteous in their daily behavior. And so Jesus, in one foul swoop, is undercutting both of those things, and he has offended them and almost scandalized them because he's saying, what you're doing is not right. And they can't argue with that. They cannot argue with Jesus's argument that honoring the parents should be the primary principle. And so he's caught them out red-handed because of what they're doing. And then he goes on and he says, Jesus says, every plant that my heavenly father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them. They are blind guides. If the blind lead the blind, they will both fall into the pit. And so this idea and this image of uprooting and blindness and leaders guiding other people astray based in false ideology, that is standard Old Testament judgment language. And so the point Jesus is making is don't worry about the Pharisees because their day of judgment is coming. God is going to deal with them. And even then, Peter says, explain this to us. And Jesus is like, you guys still don't get it. I I can understand why there might be a level of frustration there because he's saying, don't you see that whatever enters in the mouth into the stomach, it, it comes out of the body. It doesn't make you unclean. It's the things that are in the heart and what comes out of your heart. That's what you need to be worrying about. And so Jesus is talking about this idea of it's the heart that matters the most. And so when he's talking about being clean or unclean, that's ultimately for God to judge. And Jesus is giving God's perspective because remember, Jesus as part of the Trinity is the author of the law. He is the author of the Torah. So he is the one that can correctly interpret what it says. And so the Pharisees have attached all these rules and all these regulations to the law and told the Jewish people, this is how God wants you to live. And Jesus is calling them out and saying, that's not it. 
you guys are manipulating and twisting God's word for your own tradition of man, for your own objectives, and that you're going to have, God's going to deal with you on that. And, you know, I think through this in terms of even the modern day church and what it looks like and how we have assigned, and I'm not saying my church, I'm saying the church in general, we have just assigned a certain aspect of behavior. We've assigned a certain culture to what church looks like and to what a Christian looks like. And perhaps we're doing that in a way that is doing damage because what Jesus is concerned with is what's in our heart and what's coming out of our mouth. And even the whole what's going into the mouth, that whole idea of like different kinds of food can make you unclean or if you don't wash your hands, it makes you unclean. He's saying those things don't matter. It's what's in your heart that matters. And you know, I also want to touch base on this idea of honoring the father and the mother. And, you know, we can go into this in detail later when we do some of the letters of Paul. We're going to talk about this more. But I just want to point back to this because I think this is a hard spot for a lot of people. And what's he talking about? Well, he's referring back to the Old Testament in the Ten Commandments. There's this commandment to honor the father and mother. But you have to recognize what that meant in that culture. In their culture, the parents were responsible for teaching the children about God. They were responsible for teaching them the Torah. They were responsible for teaching them the ways of life. And it wasn't the same as it is now because those, while those were the first words that God said in the Old Testament, they were not the last words that God said. Jesus himself says a lot about how we are to treat other people. He says a lot about abuse. He says a lot about the fatherless. He says a lot about the way that we're supposed to interact and engage with each other. And as a kid that grew up in a somewhat abusive home, I struggled with this idea of what it means to honor the father and mother because I don't have contact with my father and mother. It was an abusive situation where in order to have health for me and my own children and my own family, we had to separate. And so I've always struggled with that. How do I honor my father and my mother when I'm not in relationship with them. Well, the ultimate way to honor your father and mother is to pray that God would get a hold of their hearts and what needs healed in them would get healed. Now, honoring your father and mother has been manipulated by a lot of churches, a lot of teaching, a lot of abusive parents to say, well, you're supposed to just do what I say. You're supposed to honor me. That's not the truth. The truth is, is if they were living in obedience to God, there would be no problem with honoring the father and the mother. But because they're not living in obedience to God, their hearts are not surrendered to God. The thing that we need to do is separate ourselves from our abuse. And as parents, we have a responsibility to protect our own children from the abuse of our parents. And so the way that we honor them is from afar. The way we honor them is we surrender them to God. And I just want to speak that over you in case you have struggled with that the way I struggled with it and give you this opportunity to recognize that there's some freedom there. You don't have to have guilt about not, quote unquote, honoring your father or mother if it was an abusive situation. The way you honor them is by surrendering them to the Lord. And perhaps that's something you struggle with. Perhaps it's not. Perhaps it's something you've had conversations about and you've had a hard time reconciling. I want you to recognize that there is some freedom there as we take a step back. So given that insight, I'm going to go back and I'm going to reread chapter 15, starting at verse 1. Then some of the Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. Jesus replied, and why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. 
But you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or mother is devoted to God, then they are not to honor their father or mother with it. Thus, you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. Jesus called the crowd to him and said, listen and understand what goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them. Then the disciples came to him and asked, do you not know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? He replied, every plant that my heavenly father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them. They are blind guys. If the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. Peter said, explain the parable to us. Are you still so dull? Jesus asked them. Don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person, but eating with unwashed hands does not defile them. Oh God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the words of Jesus that give us freedom in our lives to help us understand the heart of the law and not the tradition of man is what matters. God, help us to internalize these things and recognize that it is this heart level of righteousness that matters. And it's not the things that we do according to to man, but it's what you examine, the things that you examine in our heart. God, if there are things in our heart that we have postured against you or put above the obedience to you by your spirit through your word. God, I pray for forgiveness and that you would give us resolution with that, God. And for the person that's listening that has maybe struggled with this idea of what it means to honor their father and mother, God, I pray that you would help them to understand the heart of that law and the spirit of that law and have freedom and understanding that it's okay to end a relationship with somebody that's abusive or unhealthy, God, that, that we don't have to stay bound in those relationships because of what somebody else might say. So God, I just pray for freedom for my friends that are listening as they continue to lean into what you have for them. God, reveal yourself to them by your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, friends, thanks for listening. Hey, friends, as we lean into a new month and we continue to learn and grow together, there's a couple resources I want to make sure you know about so you can take advantage of. The first is our Patreon page, and the link for that is in the show notes. And on the Patreon page, we have a couple things. We have a dedicated space that is for discussion, for asking questions. You get easy access to me where we talk about things. We hold each other accountable. There are resources that go with the show, like a journaling prompt worksheet download for every single adult show. We also have family discussion guides. And what's really been neat about those is that on the kids show every day, I talk about the same content that's on the adult show, just taught in a way that kids can understand. Then the family discussion guides create an environment for you to process that information with your children. You can use that at the dinner table or even as part of your devotional routine. There's some suggested prayer and activities and things to help you connect that content to the appropriate age for your children. So all of that is on the Patreon. Also, there's some prophetic words, extra videos, transcripts, all those kinds of things. The second is on our website. If you go to shehears.org, there's a shop resources page that has my Bible studies that I've written, links to different journaling Bibles, note-taking Bibles, all sorts of resources to help you grow. 
And then also on our website, we have the coaching section. If you are finding that you need some spiritual direction or life coaching, that is available for you as well. And that's really good to help you process what you're learning. If you're feeling stuck, if you need to work through something, if something just isn't sitting right, or if you want to teach this content and you need to help develop a plan, I'm available to help you do that as well. Again, all of these are resources to help you grow in your spiritual life and hear God's voice more clearly. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you in your walk with God, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, bonus content, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you. Know that you are so loved. Keep going. Keep going.